You're listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. Now let's listen in. You ever just, um, you ever just get amazed at, at God and how awesome He is and how good He is and how faithful He is to us and how much He loves you and cares for you and, um, I mean, just... I mean, just be kind of like almost blown away <laughs> by that, and and just in the, in grasping that. I just it. I appreciate how Paul, through many of the epistles, over and over, he often prayed that um, we would get a grasp of that, that we would um, that we would grow more and more in our in grace and wisdom and our understanding. Um, that was a prayer he prayed often for the churches, the different churches that he wrote to, that they would, they would grow in that. They would, that, uh, um, and that's that's it's a process that we grow in. You recognize that? I mean, it's not, it's not something you can, we can just grasp at one shot. You know, it's just it's a, it's like a revelation that just keeps coming, that keeps being revealed to us over and over of of of, of just his care for us and his love toward us and his his goodness and mercy and I, I I just I loved reading Luke this month. I hope y'all enjoyed it as much as I did. It just um, just seeing over and over Jesus and how he responded to people and loved people and um, just how he expressed. You know, I was reading actually I was reading again in um, in Hebrews where it talked about Jesus being the um, the exact representation of who the Father is, and I just remember for years of my life I didn't understand that. I had I had one image of Jesus and a total different image of who Father was, and 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 as you read through Luke and Luke 15, we're talking about the prodigal and the Father being there, just it was arms open, just running to Him. You know, it wasn't it wasn't this attitude of oh, I'll let Him come. And I know as a dad sometimes you can kind of get that attitude with your own kids. If they don't, you know, if they come back to me, then I'll, you know, I'll bless them and love them, but I'm not making the first step. <laughs> and uh, and here's this father with a son that's told him he wanted him dead, basically, when he asked for an inheritance. It just goes, and just, and that's just that, that's that image. And I, that's just being more and more, um, uh, I don't know what's the right word, seared into my brain or putting to my, heart, this image of, of dad, you know, with his, with his arms open, you know, and, he, and, and him wanting us and wa- welcoming us into his arms and wanting us, wanting to receive us. And, and just, you know, it, you know, the, the hard thing to me to understand is there's these, there's all these extremes in, in Christianity. There's these extremes in theology and teaching of, you know, of, of you know, the, this kind of, you know, Back when the charismatic movement was first really kicking in, there was this, this all this teaching on the blessing, you know, and and basically the, the feeling that you got was God wanted you rich, you know, and you could drive a Mercedes if you confessed it enough, and and you know, and that's it was it was just this far 
extreme on what the scripture was teaching. And then you had this other group over here that was like, well, you're never going to get anything, you know, until you get to heaven. You know, I mean, you just got to suffer and put up with all the crap today because, you know, that's, that's just life. And we put up with that. And one of these days you're going to die and get to heaven, you know, and, that, and, and, I mean, think of all the hymns and songs that were that are there. That's the basis of them. Is you know one of these, and it's going to be great in heaven. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a whole lot better in here. <laughs> you know, I mean, that is that is an obvious thing that's going to be awesome. But we, you know, we get to the scripture teaches we get to we get to receive and benefit from some of that now. As Christians, as followers of Christ, we get to, that's why Jesus prayed, said when they asked him, how do we pray? Part of that prayer is pray this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth now as it is in heaven. And that's, we, you know, we get to experience that. You know, we, we get the parts and the glimpses and the, and the, and the, 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 the times where the kingdom can just come on us and we, and we get healing. You know, that's where healing comes from. That's where uh, we can walk in prosperity. We can walk in financial blessings. We can, and, and we can walk in all those things. But there's this, it's like there's two sides of this coin. There's, there's this theology that needs to be understood. I was just reading this guy this week, and it's, it's like I, there's like dozens and dozens of Scripture in the New Testament that talks about suffering. And we don't we don't really have a theology and understanding of that. What does that what does that mean? We've been I mean the scripture says that, that if we walk with Jesus, we're going to suffer. <laughs> it, the Bible says that. And it, the problem is though is if if you're not careful, you can get camped out over here where it's all about woe is me and all the and and a lot of the suffering is not suffering that we're supposed to be walking. It's suffering we put on ourselves. Does that make sense? But then if you're not careful, again, you can have this bless me camp and, you know, we don't, we never are supposed to suffer. You know, it's all supposed to be good and wonderful and, and there's no suffering on this planet. You know, it's all, if, it's, if there's any kind of suffering, it's the devil. You know, but there's, that's not what the scripture teaches. But I've been, the last, I'm, I'm going to camp tonight a little more on, on, on this side. <laughs> I want to talk about the blessing part of it. And I've been, I've been thinking a lot. Somebody brought this verse up. I heard them preach it three or four weeks ago, and it's just been sticking with me. There's this verse in First Chronicles, chapter four. You ever read Chronicles? It's a wonderful book. <laughs> Seriously, Chronicles is like you know all the begats and the begottens and the. This son was this son, and this son, and this son, and after you, if you really need to sleep at night, there's some good chapters in there to read to help you go to sleep. You know, I mean, it's just it's like, I mean, literally, I'm not kidding. I mean, you can read a lot of those verses, and you, I kind of wonder. It's like God, you know, I know there's got to be a reason why you put it in the Bible, but this really just doesn't really feed my soul reading who begot who begot who begot who, you know. But right in right in the medical medical. Right in the middle of First Chronicles, where it's talking about this stuff, is this verse in chapter 4. I mean, it's just like out of the middle of nowhere. It's begat, begat, and begat. And then it says this. Jabez, it, it doesn't tell you anything about who he is, where he came from. It just says he was more honorable than his brothers. 
His mother even named him Jabez, which literally means pain. <laughs> I mean, how'd you like for your name to be pain? <laughs> Whenever mom or dad was calling you, they were calling pain. <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, what a wonderful name to have. Jabez. But look what it says. It says this, his mother named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. But Jabez, and we don't know, again, we know nothing about this guy, where he came from. We don't even know what age he is at this point. But basically, Jabez cries out to the God of Israel. And he says this to God, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I may be free from pain. And God did what? Granted his request. And I, I don't know if you remember a number of years ago, probably 15, 20, maybe even further back than that, this was a real popular prayer. Everybody was preaching it. There was books written about it. There was plaques. Any Christian bookstore you went in, half the wall was plaques of the J. Breast Prayer. Y'all remember that? It's still true today. <laughs> There's still truth in this prayer. There's still, and, and it's like, as I've, I've been, I've, I mean, literally, I've been thinking about this, thinking, is this, is this really, I mean, is this really a prayer that we can pray and believe with an expectation that it's going to happen? Yay or nay? <laughs> Boy, y'all sound real convinced. I mean, that was convincing. Wow. <laughs> he prays this prayer, and God granted his request. Here's a guy that was born, was named Pain. That's kind of, you know, we talk about childhood trauma. You know, we talk about, you know, a life that we had to go through. I mean, I had an awesome dad. My mom was questionable. But all of us have the stories in our lives of, of how we were raised and the things that were done that weren't right toward us. And, and if we're not careful, we can get so caught up in all of that that we, and to some degree, some of those things do dictate how we are. But Jesus came to set us free from that. We don't have to, you understand, we don't have to live in who we were Our, our, the things that happen in our past don't have to dictate who we are today. I mean, that's, that's the good news. I mean, God, God came, we sing some songs tonight, He came to set us free from that stuff. Okay, so I don't, even though if I let it, I could let the genealogy and the curses and all that's true and things that need to be prayed over or broken off of, but if I'm, if I'm not careful, I can let that become my identity to the point where I just walk that out and fulfill it rather than fulfilling what God says about me, who, he said, who God says I am, what my identity is in Him. I need to fulfill that identity and walk that out, not what happened to me 30 years ago or 50 years ago or however many years ago it was. And so, you know, Jay, I'm, I'm reading this and I'm thinking, about, I even, listen, I'm, I'll be honest with you, as I, as I heard that, this teaching three or four weeks ago, I was sitting there thinking to myself, do I really believe that we're supposed to do this? I mean, do I really believe that it's okay for me to cry out to God to bless me? 
Is that something that's really, I, I really sincerely, I mean, I may say the words, I may mouth the words, I may even pray the prayer, I may sing the song, but, but really deep in my heart, is there this expectation that I can just cry out to God and say, God, bless me, and that, that it's okay to do that? <laughs> bless me. I mean, if anybody can bless us, it's God, <laughs> right? I mean, bless, just make that a prayer. And I, I want us to look, just look at this prayer tonight, and I want you to think about it. I want you to go home and spend some time. Just Don't just listen to me, but spend some time praying through this. Say, God, is it right for me to do this? Is it okay for me? Is it, can I have the expectation, God? Because you, you know what happens if we're not careful? After years of living, if we're not careful, the things that we've cried out for that didn't happen, that didn't come through, and if we're not careful, our hope becomes disappointed, and, and we, we, we wind up just thinking to ourselves, it's better not to hope than to hope and see it not happen. And then you come along just out of the middle of nowhere in this book of, of begots and begottens, <laughs> And there's this guy, Jabez, and he just, he just cries out to God. I mean, it's, it's, I love that language. Of, it's, a, it's a cry of his heart. And he comes to God and he says, God, God I, he's got to be thinking to himself, my name's pain. I'm born, I was born in pain. He's probably lived a life with pain. But he's crying out to God and he's saying, God, would you just bless me? And I believe he probably had the expectation that God was going to do that. Bless me. I mean, is it, is, it, is it okay for us to just, God, is that, is that selfish? I don't, I, I don't think so. Bless me. God, bless me. God, in other words, you say, God, grant me favor. I mean, weren't we kind of even taught a little bit as a kid that is, that's almost like selfish to, to be asking for something special for yourself. It's almost kind of selfish. You need, to be, you need to give instead of receive. I mean, the Bible talks about it's better to give than receive. There's some biblical truth in that. But there's still the part where we can receive. God, God, God wants us to receive. He has gifts that he's given us, and the gifts, a gift, we just did Christmas, right? Any of you guys get any gifts? Paul shaking his head. <laughs> Paul, here, let me give you a gift, buddy. I don't want you to go through Christmas with... <laughs> there you go. There's your gift. But, you know, if I gave a gift to one of my kids and they just took it, opened it, looked at it, and put it down, didn't, weren't thankful for it, wasn't happy about it, and they got up and left and just went home and left it sitting there, it really wasn't a gift they were able to use. They didn't, they didn't benefit from the gift. <laughs> you want a cough drop? <laughs> You're okay. You want some water? Okay. A gift to be, is to be what? Received. And it's, so we can cry out, God, I, I want, listen, I really want you guys to spend some time thinking about this this week. It's okay to, to, to God, 
grant favor to me. Lord, I want, I want your favor. I want to, re- God, bless me. <laughs> bless me, Lord. Just make, make that a prayer every, every morning. I've been doing this for three weeks now. And, and it, I, I'm going to be, it, it was kind of hard for me. It was like, because there was kind of this thinking in my mind, is that, is that even, are we supposed to do that? Say, God, bless me. In fact, there's a scripture in Ephesians where it says, Paul says, God's already blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Our part is to receive. Bless me, Lord. Bless me. <laughs> I like that. And then he says, enlarge my territory. That's his prayer. God, enlarge my territory. And this can mean so many different things. Think of, think of your territory. God, enlarge it. What is your territory? It might be financial. He could be praying, God, and maybe you own your own business. Maybe you're working for us. God, bless me and enlarge my territory. Lord, maybe you're in sales. Lord, help me to make more sales this week. Lord, help, help this company I work for. Bless this company. Lord, enlarge the territory. And it, it, might be, it might be your family. Maybe you don't want a bigger family. I don't know. <laughs> I'm getting a bigger one. I'm getting more grandkids. I, that's, that's a blessing. In fact, I was sitting there this week with two of my kids and several of my grandkids, and it just kind of hit me. It's like, I'm the patriarch <laughs> of this family. Amen, <laughs> I mean, that, that, that was like, it was like, it was like revelation to me. It's like, I'm the oldest male <laughs> I'm the patriarch of this family. So when you're saying, God, enlarge, enlarge my territory. Lord, just, just enlarge my heart. Lord, make, make my heart be bigger. Lord, I want, I want to have, I, Lord, enlarge my ability to love. Enlarge my ability to be a friend to people. Enlarge, enlarge my ability, Lord. Just enlarge my territory. Lord, it's, it's kind of like praying, we simplify it a little bit, more. Lord, just, we want more, more, enlarge it, Lord. Enlarge my ability to, to be a, your follower. Enlarge my, my, my strength, enlarge my wisdom. Lord, give me more. Bless me, Lord, and enlarge it. Make it, make it wider. Let me have more influence on people. How, I mean, what it, don't, how often would that be as if next year you, you went through the year and you found yourself having more influence in people's life in a good way? <laughs> good influence. Enlarge my territory. Mm, increase, Dad, increase it. Let your hand be with me. In other words, my little two-and-a-half-year-old was walking with me yesterday, and she reaches up and grabs my hand. It's like, what, what's, going, what's that? That's, that's love. She's feeling love. She's feeling protection. 
she knows nothing's going to happen to her while grandpa's around. <laughs> She's, that's, that's, let your hand, dad, let, let, in other words, I want to, if, if I got his hand, I'm in his presence. <laughs> Aren't I? Lord, let your, let your hand be with, let it be on me, dad. I mean, walk, imagine, <laughs> imagine walking around life with this mentality, okay, we just prayed for people and we put hands on them. Imagine walking around, get up tomorrow morning, and you're going to go through your day and God's hands on you. I mean, what would that do? I mean, God's hands on me and he's there with me and his hands on me, blessing me, enlarging my territory, being a provider for me, being a protector for me. I'm, 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 his hands on me. I mean, just think of what all that means in your life. And how would you, how would you respond if you knew that the hand of God was on you? How would you, how would you respond in different situations when things come against you and, and people attack you and people say things about you or this happens or something happens at work or in your family? How do you respond when the hand of God is on you instead of just responding in your own flesh? Let your hand be on me. What a prayer. God, I, I want to I get up tomorrow morning, and I want to walk out the door when I walk out the door, and I want to know, God, your hand's on me. <laughs> I mean, it means so many What else can that mean? I mean, if God's hand's on me, he can kind of steer me, <laughs> give me direction, give me guidance. Nobody's going to bully me if God's hand's on me. <laughs> Let your hand, and what else does it say in that? Let your hand be on me and what? So keep me, let your hand be with me. Let your, I want to walk with you in your prayer. And keep me, here's a prayer. Dad, keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. A guy named pain, guess what he's praying for? He wants to be free from it. Keep me from, God, your hand be with me. Keep me from harm so that I'll be free from pain. I don't know if you guys are still reading it, but you need to keep, remember I gave you Psalm 91 several months ago? That's part of that prayer. God, I want to be in your presence. A pestilence cannot come against me. Disease cannot affect me. That's a prayer we can pray, that we can walk in, that I, you're keeping me from pain. I think of I think of all the pain that's going on around us right now. I mean, we live in a world that's full of pain, full of fear. I mean, people are so fearful today. I got a family member that's like, it's ridiculous how fearful they are that they're going to get COVID. It's like, so you live the rest of your life miserable because you're fearful of getting sick. I don't get it. And <laughs> here's the cool thing. God granted his request. God granted his request. 
Do you think it's okay for us to pray like that? <laughs> and have the expectation that God's going to answer and grant our request? I, see, that's, that's what prayer, that's, that's the excitement of prayer. When we begin to trust and begin to believe and begin to expect, God's actually going to, if I pray, God will actually hear and answer. I mean, that's a, that's a good concept. <laughs> And God answered it. He answered his request. He gave him what he was asking for. I mean, I love, I love this whole picture of dad as a father. You know, I love it when you know, Jesus made that statement about who's, you know, what, what son's going to ask his dad for bread and his dad give him a snake? You know? I mean, if we ask God for these things, God, bless me. Let your hand be on me. Keep me from harm. Lord, keep... I want to walk in, in freedom and victory. I want to walk with you, Dad. I want to know your hands on, with me. God's, God's got a big hand. <laughs> and he doesn't use it to smack you. He'll use it to smack your enemies. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna finish this next week. I was going I I preached a message. It's probably going on 15 years ago now. That was probably one of the strongest, I believe, prophetic words the Lord's ever given me and this church about enlarging the, our tent, enlarging the place of our tent. I'm gonna it ties into this passage, and we're gonna look at it next week. So you can you can spend a little time. If you ain't got nothing else to read, <laughs> go there and read it. It's in, where's it at? It's in the Bible. Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54. I encourage you, read Isaiah 54, verses 2 and 3. I'll read the verse to you. I keep on, I'll wind up preaching it to you. But let me just read this. And This is Isaiah telling the people of God they've been... In captivity, they've come back, and he's telling them, this is, this, is, this is a prophetic word to them, and I believe it was to us as individuals and to this church. And it says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left, and your descendants will dispose nations and settle in their desolate cities. I encourage you to read that this week. Meditate on it. Think about it. What does that mean? And we'll, uh, we'll look at it next week. Isaiah 54, 2 and 3. Let's stand up. You've been listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org.